0: Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomerschurch/podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church podcast. Enjoy the message.
1: Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord, beyond a reasonable doubt, beyond a reasonable doubt. If I could draw your attention to verse 19, where the disciples say to Jesus in private, why couldn't we drive it out? About five years ago or so, maybe a little bit longer, maybe five years or so ago, one of my sons, I have triplet boys, my wife and I. One of my sons had something happen with his mouth where he, he yawned too far and his jaw locked open. It was like a lock jaw thing. And, and he, he opened his mouth too far in the yawn and his jaw locked open and he could not shut his mouth. He wasn't foaming at the mouth there, but but he he couldn't close his mouth. At first, he came to me with his mouth locked open. Maybe he was 16, 17 years old. He was a teenager. His mouth locked open. I I'm tr- I tried to put my hand in there to try to get his mouth. Could, I couldn't do anything with his jaw. His jaw was locked. I put him in the car. I took them to the emergency room. If you've ever been to the emergency room, you know the emergency room is a mess. All kinds of stuff is happening in the emergency room. You're in a curtain. There's stuff going around you. There's what, they got to figure out what you got, what's your insurance, what's your this, what's your that. You got to go through a certain amount of rigmarole just to be seen. By the time we went through that paperwork and all that stuff, proving that we could pay blah, 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 my son's mouth has been locked open for about two hours. Now we're in the room and we're waiting, okay? Finally, on the third hour, a doctor comes in wearing blue scrubs who is the attending of the emergency of blah, 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 okay? He looks at my son and says, yeah, well, all right, let's try. He gets in there, starts trying. He tries to work my son jaw for about 20-30 minutes he couldn't do anything he ended up leaving we sent back now we waited another 30 minutes or 40 minutes then a team a group came in in blue scrubs They came in, this one's looking this way, this one's looking that way. They looked around this way. Then they, then together, two or three of them are pulling on him and trying to get him and Trying to, well, let's give him something to relax him. So they gave him a drug to relax him and they were going to come back. In another hour and a half, 90 minutes, they came back to try again to unlock his jaw so he can close it. So after they gave him the drug, they could not close his mouth. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're sitting here with your child, your heart is beating fast, you're looking and you're asking, Can somebody help us here? Does anybody in this hospital really know what they're doing? Because y'all done sent several people in here. And the boy's jaw is still locked open. And I'm worried now it's been about six hours. My poor son sitting there with his jaw locked open. We sat there for another 30 minutes. After 30 minutes... The curtain just flew back. When the curtain flew back with a, with a flourish, I thought, oh, my God. And in walked this tall, handsome, Asian guy. His scrubs were red. He didn't have on blue scrubs. He had on red scrubs. Handsome guy, Asian guy, tall guy. Walked in. He looked at us. We looked at him. He said, yeah, get out the way. We got out the way. He jumped up on top of the table. He almost flew up there. (laughs) He just jumped up and was on the table. I just stood back. He said, get out the way. We moved out the way and in about Five seconds. It might have took him all of 15 seconds to unlock my child's jaw. He unlocked it, his mouth was shut, he jumped down and walked on out the door. And I sat there and thought, everybody can try till the right person comes in the room. I need a witness in the building know who you're going after i don't know who you think can fix your situation but until somebody with red comes in the room all right and you don't know i could preach that because jesus can fix stuff that can't nobody else fix all right you got that you got that but this is my point all right all right i don't have a lot of time we can shout and run it in it in, in, in. jesus and in the red scrubs. all right I've been preaching 40 years, so I'm over I'm over Okay. Here's the thing that didn't happen. What didn't happen was the other doctors didn't come in and say, why couldn't we do that? Why was he able to do something that we could not do? This is a little bit of a scary commentary on our world because when we get to the end of ourselves, very rarely do we look at ourselves. I'm going to say that one more time. I think it went over your head. When we get to the end of ourselves, very rarely do we look at ourselves A man brings his son to the disciples to get healed. Disciples can't heal him. Jesus heals him in a matter of minutes. We focus on that without focusing on what happened afterwards in private. The disciples go to Jesus and they ask a question and that is, why were we, unaf- why were we ineffective? Why were you able to do something That we could not do. Now, when people reach the end of themselves, it's a really excellent question. It's a question we don't ask a lot. Because if we ask the question, we may have to come to grips with the truth and the reality of ourselves. We'd rather throw it off on luck or throw it off on on race or throw it off on gender throw it off on something throw it off on generation we'll throw it off on something because when 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 some people some people when they reach the end of themselves some people blame people they bump up against something that they can't do. You might be able to, God forbid, if you can do something they can't do. You you might be in for a world of hate and a world of hurt and a world of talk and a world of drama if you have the power to do something that everybody else can't do. We like people Who can do something we can't do while we resent and hate people that can do something that we can't do. And when most people, most people who find somebody that can do something they can't do, a lot of people, they blame people. They just decide, oh, well, people kept me from being able to do that. It was people that kept me from the job. It was people that kept me from family. It's people that kept me from marriage. It's people. The problem is not me. The problem is men. The problem is not me. The problem is women. The problem is not me. The problem is the system. The problem is not me. The problem is they don't like people like me. It's people that they blame. I'm just going to pray right now that God will deliver you and me and all of us from the evils of people. What is the point of worshiping a God if you are still under the threat and danger of people? The Bible says that let God be for you. If God is for you, I have a church person in here, then he's more than the world against you. And yet I bump into Christians all the time that will give me the excuse of how it's people that did this. And that's why they don't have a job. Well, it's people, and that's why they don't own their own home. Well, it's people, and that's why they don't own their own business. Well, it's people. At some point, you got to stop blaming people. Some point, you got to stop blaming your parents. At some point, you got to stop blaming your mama. At some point, you got to stop blaming your daddy. At some point, you have to stop blaming the people that tease you and blaming the people that hurt you and blaming the people that use you and blame... At some point, you got to stop blaming your last boyfriend. At some point, you got to stop blaming your ex-husband. At some point, you got to stop blaming your ex-wife. I don't know who I'm talking. At some point, you got to stop blaming... You got to stop it because it, it's, it's an endless cycle. And it takes away from the focus of why you really are stuck Some people blame the devil. When they reach the end of themselves, they just blame the devil. Some people, especially overly spookily, Christian-y, religious-y, so heavenly-minded, they're no earthly good people, just blame everything on a demon. I grew up with bad sound systems, and all we did was rebuke the demon of feedback. Wasn't no feedback demon. It was Radio Shack. That was the name of the demon. That's all. But that's, we were quick to do that. I remember being in church and and it was testimony service I don't know if y'all remember testimony service believe I'll testify testimony service and a woman jumped up to tell her testimony and her testimony was she was leaving church and as she was driving home she noticed that she didn't have no gas in her gas tank oh Lord her needle was on e and she didn't have enough money in the moment or she didn't Feel like stopping to get no gas. So she took an index card with a cross on it in the name of Jesus. And she put it over top of the place so she couldn't see. And she believed herself home. She had to rebuke the gas losing demon. Listen, there is no gas loss demon. You leave out of here and there's no gas in your car. There's a gas station right here, right next to the church. So that you don't have to worry about the running out of gas demon. Everything ain't the devil. You have an aggrandized perspective of yourself to think that the devil is attacking you. Why would he attack you? Who are you? How important are you? I know all of you we just had baby dedication. Everybody think they baby special. Everybody think their baby brilliant. Everybody think their baby is sent for. Everybody think they baby's Elijah. Everybody think they baby. Everybody think. Uh, all right. But maybe, maybe it ain't just the devil. See, I can't hardly get no amens on that one in church. Maybe it's not just maybe everything's not everything not a demon. But some people, if they bump up against the devil, they blame the devil. Some people blame God. There are people right now who are doubting God as a result of the evil of man. They want to take man's evil and attribute it to God's personality they want to take the interpretation of God's word by one specific group and decide that that means that God is evil or that he's not real or that he doesn't exist or that this is God's idea that they be like this God is the one who's asked them to be this broke. God is the one who's asked them to suffer in this way. Instead of asking the hard question, they just blame God. It's either the devil or it's God. They'll blame you, they'll blame the devil, they'll blame God, they'll blame the church, they'll blame me, they'll blame the clergy, they'll blame the pastor, They'll blame everybody and not really ask the question, and that is, but what about you, though? I've said this several weeks, and I'm going to stop saying it, but y'all know there's this show that I watch called My, 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 this my Life, My 600 Pound. I, I'm sorry. I just see so much in it. I see so much in it. I, I just see so much in it. Because gastric bypass surgery is not the miracle cure. Doctor Now will tell you it's not going to. It's not, it's not a, the first thing that he does. He doesn't right away give you gastric bypass. If you've ever seen the show, it's a wonderful show. Have you never seen the show? He don't give you gastric right away. What he does is he says, "I'm, I'm going to give you this book." It's a book that. It's it's kind of what we're trying to do here. We're trying to give you a Bible. You need to go home and read it every day. We got to put you on a, a weight first, and we're going to put you on a diet of 1,200 pounds a day, 1,200 calories a day. If you do 1,200 calories a day diet, you'll lose 60 pounds in a month. You got to go home first and lose weight home first. Come back and get on the scale and show me that you can lose weight by yourself before I do surgery on you. You can't just walk in here and come to the altar and we magically cut all your gluttony out of you. You're going to have to get down to the bottom of why you overeat. You're going to have to get down to the bottom of why you need booty so bad. You're going to have to get down to the bottom of why you're so messed up. You, if you don't deal with you, then the surgery won't help you. Oh, I need a witness in the building. I'm not interested in giving you surgery till you go home and lose 60 pounds first. Bring your hips back in here. Stand on this Holy Ghost scale. And let's see if you can get yourself together. Because if you think that I got enough power to heal you, you got another thing coming. At some point, you're going to have to fix you. I need a witness in the building. At some point, you're going to have to stop calling that knucklehead. At some point, you're going to have to block them on the phone. At some point, you're going to have to stop spending all your money. At some point, you got to stop buying shoes. I can unleash a spirit of prosperity all over this room, all I want. I can rebuke the devourer, all I want. If you spend every dollar you have on chicken sandwiches, then I can't help you. I got to send you back home. You got to go back. I cannot help you. I got to put you on a t- You got to get on some kind of a diet. I guess I'm just preaching to myself. You are going to have to decide why you are sick. So easy, Troy. Just come in here, just holler and scream, and we pour oil on you, and you're good. The truth of the matter is that that one moment may heal you for a little bit, but if you really want long term change, If you want long-term change, then you're going to have to let Jesus get into more than just your Sunday. He's going to have to be a Monday thing. You're going to have to wake up in the morning with your mind stayed on Jesus. You can't come in here. If you can't worship in here, you're in trouble because you got to wake up on a Tuesday and say, Jesus is all the world to me. Otherwise, that depression will never break off you. I need a little bit of a witness in the building. You'll be depressed forever if you don't learn how to get out of bed and go outside. You got to get up in the morning and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives by faith in me. I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm set free. It don't matter how I feel. I may feel tired, but I'm not tired. I might feel sick, but I'm not sick. You will have to get a good confession in your mouth. My mouth won't help you. You got to get your own mouth to help you. I'm going to make you say something. I'm a black preacher. This is, a black, this is black preaching. You got to talk to me. Talking to all my white brothers and sisters that are in my church. You got to talk back to the black preacher. He, he preached better when you talk to him. This ain't a Presbyterian church. It's world overcomers. But we believe in the Presbytery, so we are a Presbyterian church. You understand what I'm saying? What am I saying? The disciples said to him, what was wrong? And Jesus had the gall to say to them, the problem is you. I'm going to just let that marinate over everybody. If you don't leave here with nothing else, that's your word. Jesus said, you are the problem. Jesus just said, it's not me, it's you. It ain't people, it's you. It ain't the devil, it's you. It's not the demonic agenda, it is you. This is happening because your faith is too little. Then he just goes on to diss even further. This is just a diss. I know we see it as so wonderful, but it's a diss to me. Because Jesus says, you know what, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed, and it will move. You can say to a mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, I I know, I know, like me, we're so quick to get to the nothing will be impossible for you without, and we kind of gloss over what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying is you couldn't cast this demon out, this boy, and if you have mustard seed faith, you can move a mountain. So in essence, he's saying your faith isn't even that big. Why couldn't we cast it out? Jesus is like, because your faith is so small. Because, and, and let me tell you how small it is. Because all you need is mustard seed faith to move a mountain. It's a hard word. It's a tough word. It's a hard word for every single solitary person in this room. And everybody that's watching around the world. Because, in essence, Jesus is saying that all of us have small faith. I, okay, let me prove it. How many people have spoken to a mountain and it moved? Stand up. I'll do a I'll do an altar call for lion because you ain't never moved no mountain. So, in essence, Jesus is saying, your faith is small. Can you admit that? Can you admit my faith is small? Just tell your neighbor, my faith is small. And that was weak. Tell your neighbor, my faith is small. Don't, this is not the time to get all this. No, man, I, not me in the name of the Lord. No, stop it. Don't eke them asunder to me. Your faith is small. Jesus said your faith is small. Ain't hey, Pastor Annie. Jesus said your faith is small. My faith is small. He said your faith is small. Your faith is so small that you, you can't cast it out. But when he said our faith was small, he said our faith was small like something. And the thing that he said our faith was small like was small like a seed. This seed is so small. This is a watermelon seed, way bigger than a mustard seed, and you can't see it from where you are. This seed. He's saying that your faith is small. It's okay for your faith to be small, if small is a seed, I'm going to say that one more time because I think it went over your head. It's all right for you to have small faith because small means seed. And what he compares our faith to is a seed, meaning that your faith has the power to grow. Just because it's small today don't mean it got to stay small forever. If you know what to do with your faith, you can grow it. My faith is small, but my faith is bigger than it was 10 years ago. Who am I talking to? My faith might be small, but it's way bigger than it used to be. It may be small, but it ain't as small as it was because I came to grips with the fact that it was small. And I decided I got to do something about this small faith. I got to stop blaming everybody else and look at my faith. And when I realized that the problem was me and what I could believe, I thought to myself, what am I going to do? Because without faith, I can barely please God. Without faith, I can't get stuff done. And anything is possible if I believe. Lord, help me overcome my unbelief. Because it wasn't just that my faith was small, but it was also that my doubts were big. Oh God, I got to rebuke big doubts over this entire room. I got to speak it over you right now like I speak it over me. It wasn't just that my faith was small, is that my doubts were so loud My it wasn't just that my faith needed to grow, my doubts needed to shrink. I needed something to kill the weeds of God. Doubt that had been planted in my field. God had a plan for me. God has a plan for me. God wants to use me. God wants to bless me. God has a door for you to walk through. God's got something with your name on it, but you won't walk through it if your doubts are too loud. I just need one honest believer to say, oh my God, Pastor Andy, this is a word for me because the minute I'm about to try something, all I hear is why not? That's all I hear is why not. All I hear is fear. All I hear is danger. All I hear is be careful. All I hear is, wait a minute. All I hear is loss. That's all I want to push all in. I got a winning hand. I got four aces, and I'm still scared to push all in because my doubts are louder than my faith. And we don't deal with our doubts. We just, all we do is just fuss about faith without actually talking about the doubts. But I, I wanna take just a couple of minutes. If you'll give it to me and chop the legs out from under your doubt for just a little bit. Can I do that? Because I believe God's about to do something really big for somebody in here. I believe that it's simply a matter of you walking through a door. It'd be a shame if you are a day away from the greatest blessing. My God, it'll be, it's a shame if you are just a few minutes away. What if I told you you are one minute away? What if I told you that on the other side of that door was a blessing? And you got doubt holding you back. It ain't the devil, it's doubts. not God, it's doubt. I rebuke doubt. I bind doubt and fear in this place. I rebuke it over my own self. Doubt's loud. Doubt is loud. Faith has a tendency to be real quiet. Doubts are loud. Doubts don't shut up doubts talk to you at night have you ever noticed how doubts talk to you at night am I the only one you ever notice once you turn your lights off that's when doubts like hey let's not even sleep let's just stay up and eat ice cream and watch Netflix all night long and be real tired tomorrow Let me tell you all of why you ain't going to make it. And tell you all of why you ain't going to have none. And tell you why, how you always going to be just like everybody else. And let me tell you, let me just tell you, let me tell you, shh, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. You try to close your eyes and you can't stop the doubt from talking.
0: If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about W-O-C-C or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible.
1: You see it in this story. In this story, the doubts talk real loud. And I just want to deal with him real quick. I'm going to let you go. We'll pray for you. I mean, what happens in Mark 9 is the man brings his son to Jesus, just like I brought my son to the hospital, and he says, I brought you my son. He has a spirit that has robbed him of speech, seizes him at the mouth, throws, seizes him, throws him to the ground, foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. There's your first doubt. Your first doubt is big problems inspire big doubt he spent a bunch of time just talking about the problem he's very aware of the problem if you're like me and you're smart and analytical you read so much that you know the problem better than you know God you know the problem better than you know the Bible. You know more about climate change than you know about the word. You know more about currency problems than you know scripture. Because your analytical fear mind wants to Google. Google. There's a show called House that I watch. I don't know if you ever watch House, Dr. House. I was watching it for a while, then I had to stop watching it because every time my elbow hurt, I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing in the world. Because you, you ever go on WebMD? Hello? Ever been on WebMD? They're like, everything on there could be cancer. I'm like, oh, my gosh. My leg is itching. This could be cancer. We do more research on our doubts than we do on faith. Oh, I need a witness in the building. We listen to more podcasts on junk than we do on Jesus. All we do is fill our minds full of fear. All we're watching is end of the world movies, and and that's all we're watching. Uh, We we all know how to kill a zombie in here. We don't halfway know how to rebuke the devil, but we know how to kill a vampire. We know exactly how to kill a zombie. You got to shoot that zombie in the head, Pastor Andy. All right. Can you quote John 3.16 to me? This man spends a whole lot of time. He's not even sure Jesus can heal his son. He says, if you can. It's because sometimes the bigger the problem, the bigger the doubt. Sometimes by the time you get done looking at the problem, you're just heart's beating fast, and you're like, "Oh my God, what are we gonna do?" And it's problems just so big that the big problems inspire big doubts. Big things seem harder to believe God for. But I, but I got a word for you this morning, and the word is: Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No, there's not. As a matter of fact, God. Can I tell you something about the Lord? The Lord is a clutch player he makes clutch shots he likes to fix the big stuff he likes to blow people's minds a part of his personality is he likes to bring you back from the break he likes it if you are in a situation where you got nobody but him he's like oh my god you're in exactly the right situation What kind of diagnosis did they give you? Watch and see what I can do with a diagnosis like that. The big stuff moves him more than the small stuff. The Lord ain't never gonna tell you what cereal to eat. He got bigger things to do than that. When God speaks to you, it's gonna be about a big thing because he likes the big things. Number two. Is OPP. OPP is other people's problems. Some of us, our problem is we're down with OPP. Yeah, you know, we are down with other people's problems. I don't know what OPP really stands for, I don't remember. But we're down for other people's problems more than we are for ourselves. It is possible for the enemy. To distract you from you by making you focus on all the losers around you. Can I ask you a question? Where would you be without the losers around you? Where would you be without your dead weight losers? This is a hard question. Where would you be without your dead weight fam? Your dead weight folk that you got to carry around that call you and always upset and always discouraged. Have you ever noticed the minute you are about to take a step into a new area, somebody call you with drama that ain't got nothing to do with you? Hard enough to believe God for yourself, let alone believe in God for somebody else. He's trying to believe for his son. It's hard to believe for your child. You can believe for you, but it's hard when it's other people's problem. And then the enemy likes to use other people's problems to bog you down from focusing your faith on what you need to do. Can I tell you something? You need to think about you for just a little bit. I speak that over the whole room. you got to save you before you save other people. you got to put your own mask on first. There's no oxygen on this plane. Put your mask on first before you go to try to affix a mask to whoever is sitting next to you. That's too lame or slow or feeble or dumb or uneducated or broke or scared to try. I set you free from every loser demon. I set you free. I set you free from the guilt of having to drag them broke people along with you. Because if I don't hire them, they won't have a job. I bind that in the name of Jesus. You better put your own mask on first. Number three, he asked him how long has he been like this? He said from childbirth. So past failures inflate doubt. Past failures, <laughs> yeah, I asked your disciples to drive it out. They could not. This, this, this. The more failures there are, the bigger your doubt gets. If you have tried something more than one time, your doubt gets bigger. I'm just, can I speak a word? Can can we be honest? If this is your third company or your fourth try or your fifth or this investment or the the last song or a new thing, or you're you're trying to start. Anytime you try to start something new that you failed at before, your doubts just get louder. You're aware of how you messed up in the past. Every time a relationship don't work, you just get more doubtful about Relationships. Every knucklehead you meet just makes you think every new dude's going to be a knucklehead. Every whack chick you meet just makes you think there ain't no good women out here. It's like the more it happens in your past, the more you think that that's the world. Verse 19, he says, you unbelieving generation, how long shall I put up with you? How long shall I stay with you? Bring the boy to me. Sorry, but a doubting generation breeds doubt. A doubting generation breeds doubt. And you're living, all you millennials and Zs, boomers, Xers, kind of. Xers, we are a skeptical generation. But millennials, see, y'all are being raised in a, in a generation. If you're not careful, your connections can sap your faith. You're living in a time and and living in a day where can't nobody take nothing. Let the slightest little thing go wrong and everybody around y'all just fall apart. Those of us who was raised without helmets don't need a helmet. But all of you who are raised being told you're so special, let something bad go wrong, you can't handle it. You can't handle disappointment. You can't handle hardship. It's hard for you to deal with difficulty. I rebuke that over you. That's not you. That's the enemy. That's a lie. That's not how you are. You tougher than you think. Oh, I speak it over you right now. You're tougher than you think. You just don't know how tough you are because everybody been coddling you forever. You got picked up from practice. We had to walk home. I, I need a witness. We was that your mama was late. Your mama was late every time. Last one to get picked up. Everybody was the last one to get picked up. What are you talking about? Your life revolved around your parents. Their life didn't revolve around you. Your mama said, We'll see. She did not care about your schedule. She didn't care about your soccer practice. She didn't care, but she didn't care. She didn't get two hoots about it. She had her money in her bra. Anyway, okay. What I'm saying to you is you were raised soft. It don't mean you're soft. You're not soft. You've just been coddled. Be careful that the weakness of your generation does not drag you down. Just because you don't like how it makes you feel doesn't mean it's right or wrong. I, I got it, I fail you. We have to acknowledge feelings, but let's not get crazy. I'm out of time. Anybody hearing a word though? Let me let me just give you a couple more. I'm I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm really am done. I, I give you all know I have seven, so I'm, I'm almost done. I'm gonna pray for you. Number five, they brought him, Spirit sees Jesus, throws the boy into a convulsion, falls to the ground, rolls around foaming at the mouth. Number five, the fifth doubt is right now drama causes right now doubts. Can of just give you a little bit of a secret? The closer you are to your victory the more all hell breaks loose. If you, if right now all hell is broke loose, you're about to turn a corner. I, 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 I'm telling you right now, God's about to do something really great in your life. That's why all hell is broke loose. Hell don't break loose when you far. Hell break loose when you close. Hell break loose when you about to do something. This boy is just about, uh, don't do it. This boy is just about to get delivered and the demon decides to act up. You'd think that he would just chill so he wouldn't get cast out. But no, no, no. He's about to get cast out and decides to actually do it. It's, it's, it's a sign for you to know that when it gets the worst, when it's the darkest, that's when you're about to break through. How long has he been like this from childhood? Number six, waiting feeds doubt. Waiting feeds doubt. The longer you have to wait, the more you doubt. Something about waiting makes us doubt more. Even though, to be honest with you, time is time. I know you think it would have been amazing if it happened when you was 25, but believe me, at 35, still pretty amazing. Don't give up just because it's taking 10 years. Don't give up just because it's taking 15 years. Don't you dare let go. Don't you dare. Le- You've been waiting 15 years. You might as well give it another one. Don't you dare let go. Don't you dare let the waiting stop you from your breakthrough. I would contend that stuff that happens too quick, you don't appreciate. And then number seven, and I'm done. It has often thrown him to the fire to kill him. If you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Number seven, mind doubts and mouth doubts feed each other. Doubts in your mind, doubts in your mouth, they feed one another. It starts off as a doubt in your mind till you speak it out your mouth. Once you speak it out your mouth, now your brain hears your mouth say it. And now you really start to believe the doubt. You have to be careful what you let your mouth say. You have to be very, very careful what you open up your mouth to say. I just can't do it. I just don't know. I'm so afraid. The more you say that, the more it becomes real. That's why Jesus said, If you can. Did you just say if to me? (laughs) I am Jesus. Bruh, I can almost see Jesus like bruh, do you you don't even know who you dealing with if you can. You better get a better attitude. If you can, anything is possible to the person that believes. And his mouth said, Oh, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Oh, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Oh, I believe. God, I believe you're able. Help me overcome my unbelief. Oh, God, I believe you can heal. Help me overcome my unbelief. Oh, God, I believe you can deliver. Help me overcome my unbelief. Lord, I believe that my project will take place. Help me overcome my unbelief. God, I believe I can get a new job. Help me overcome my unbelief. Lord, I believe... But if there's any unbelief in here, help me overcome it. You would go a long way if you first just shut up. Turn to somebody and say, Shut up. Woohoo. Somebody said it to their wife, and now it's problems. <laughs> Said to his fiance, I've been waiting to say this, shut up, girl. <laughs> shut your mouth now. I've been waiting to say, thank you, Pastor Andy. Shut up. Ain't nothing worse than you being on the verge of victory and you let the enemy or a situation or somebody else's fear talk you out of what God I'm going to speak this over. Don't you dare talk yourself out of what God's about to do. Stop telling everybody why they shouldn't hire you and tell them why they should hire you. Stop telling everybody why you, they shouldn't date you. Stop telling everybody all your problems. Can you just shut up? They're about to hire you till you told them what you did at your last job. When I left there, I burned all the files. Ha ha ha. Well, you did what? I was about to date you until you told me what you was about what you did to your last boyfriend. Oh, I got him. You did. Sugar in the gas tank. Sugar in his gas tank. you a demon. Stop telling everybody all your pain. Stop telling everybody all your problems. Stop getting on Instagram, Facebook, and telling everybody I'm having a really bad day today. And I'm I'm I people, somebody told me I look like my mom. Well then stop stop eating help us we'll go work out we'll do your hair just stop talking just be quiet you'll be able, you'll go a long way if you just didn't speak your doubt Then the next day is to get something good in your mouth. Wake up in the morning. Play some gospel. Play some Jesus. Play some hill songs. Play some Maverick if you got to. Play whatever you got. Get something in there. And walk out your door saying God is in control. If you can't say nothing else, say God is in control. If you can't say nothing else, say he's able. I may not know, but he's able. I may not know, see, I may not see how, but he's able. I don't know how, but he's able. If you could just say a good thing, you'd be way farther Have you ever been around somebody who's successful and they're crazy? I'm asking a question. We all have crazy people that are losers. I'm saying, you ever been around somebody who's really successful and they're always talking about something great they're about to do? And you go home thinking, they're insane. But it's kind of funny how with your heart you believe... And with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. I want you to start saying good stuff about yourself. I want you to start saying, I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm smart. I am wonderful. I'm fine. Oh, yeah. These are some big lips, and somebody going to like these big lips. Oh, yeah, I'm yellow, but you're going to like you some yellow. Oh, yeah, I'm white, but you're going to dig this white. Oh, yeah, girl. You about to get some cream in your coffee. Tell her. Tell her. Girl, when I pour all this cream in that coffee, you're going to have you a drink. She'll be like, oh, really? Yes, you, yes, you are. Don't be shook. Speak life and see life. Don't speak death. You got enough people speaking death. Why would you ever speak death? Speak life. You might as well be on your own side. You got enough enemies. You might as well believe in yourself. already don't like you. You got to like you. Folk already don't believe in you. You got to believe in you. The devil's trying to kill you, but he can't take you out of here. You got to rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. You got to get some faith and not some doubt. You got to know like you know. last thing you want to do is let your mouth be against you. Everybody say, I will live and not die. I said, everybody say, I will live and not die. Everybody say, I will live and not die. Everybody say, it is appointed once for a man to die. I will see my appointed time. No, that was weak. I will see my appointed time. No, no, say it. I will see my appointed time and can nothing take you out of here not cancer not diabetes not high blood pressure not sickness not disease not somebody that don't like you the devil is a liar you got to believe that god is able to see you through and can no devil in hell stop you can no demon in hell stop you can nobody that don't like you stop you i rebuke that i rebuke that in the name of jesus you got to believe your mouth has power. I can lose weight. I can do my own thing. I can be a millionaire. I can be a billionaire. I can own my own business. I can be saved. God is able. God is able. Anything is possible If you can believe. Put your hands together if you believe that. I said put your hands together if you're a believer and not a doubter. No, I said, if you're a believer, put your hands together. No, I said, if you're a believer, put your hands together- if this week is gonna be different, because you're gonna say something different. If you're gonna walk out of here and say something different. If you're gonna walk out here and your mouth's gonna be different. If you're gonna walk out of here and your life's about to be different. If you're done, if you're done, if you are done accepting what the devil dishes you, what life dishes you, what your family dishes you, dump that in the trash and get a new meal. I speak a new meal all of all of us over every one of us under the sound of my voice God break the yoke off of us we want to move beyond the reasonable doubt we want you to move on our behalf we want you to make a way where there is no way we want life and not death. Blessings and not cursings. We speak life. We speak life. In the name of Jesus, there is healing flowing in this place. We speak life and not death. We train our mouths to speak life. We train our mouths to speak blessing. Fix our hearts, fix our mouths, grow our faith, and we'll praise you in Jesus name. Put your hands together if you heard a
2: word from the Lord this morning. Somebody open your mouth and give God a praise if you receive that word. Come on, somebody say some things are about to change. Some thing- I- the devil shouldn't let me get that revelation. Some things are about to change. If you believe it, somebody shout, "Yeah!" Woo! Beyond a reasonable doubt, is anybody faith charged up today? Somebody say, "I believe!" Woo! Listen, we're about to go. Have you enjoyed worship today? Listen, I know some people are coming just because of Big Three. We want you to come again and again and again and again. If you want to join Word Overcomers Christian Church, see us at the Connection Kiosk. If you're a first-time visitor, see us. But we're about to start our fun day portion. I have a couple of instructions. Uh, the turkey legs. We have hot dogs. We have uh, fish plates with fries and slaw. We got all of that. We have cakes, but everything is for purchase. Amen? So what I want you to do, you either go to the Connection Kiosk and purchase a ticket or go to our cafe and you can purchase a ticket and then you can go. uh, The food is being served over to my left. Amen. Are you glad that you came to service today? Come on, tell somebody beside you. Tell, Tell them it was an anointed day because you were beside me. It was an anointed day. I'm glad I experienced God today with you. Amen. Come on, let's lift those hands. God, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, for everything that was spoken, everything that was sung. And Lord, most of all, God, we thank you for the word that was sown in the hearts of your people. Lord, we thank you right now, Lord, we're going to speak different, we're going to believe different, and we're going to expect different results, all because we have gotten rid of the doubt. God, feed our faith to more. We thank you, Lord, that this will be the most miraculous field week that we have ever had, all because we applied the truth that was revealed today. God bless us and Jesus. Jesus name. We pray. Amen. And amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Stay with us. Have a great time. God bless you.
0: Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on W O C C and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.